0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival is on soon, from May 6th to 9th. The programme is full of Aotearoa's best and brightest writers with workshops, readings, discussions and lots of great books to discover and read. Sessions with Vincent O'Sullivan, Witi Ehimaira, Nalini Singh, David Egleton, Elizabeth Knox and more. And don't miss the Storytime Double Decker bus trip for the wee ones. Tickets and info from Nz. Don't wait.
1: Joining us this morning to preview some of the key events of Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival is David Egerton. David, of course, currently New Zealand Poet Laureate. Uh, he uh, has been the Robert Burns Fellow Uh, He's an arts journalist and reviewer. He edited Landfall and Landfall Review Online between 2010 and 2018. Uh, His collection, The Conch Trumpet, won the 2016 Ockham New Zealand Book Award for Poetry. He's received the 2016 Prime Minister's Award for Literary Achievement. I could go on, but why don't we just talk to David instead. Morena, great to have you with us, David. Thanks for coming. Good morning.
2: In. Good, morning. Good to be here. Thanks.
1: First thing I wanted to show you a photograph. This is great for you, for listeners, but uh, there's a photograph taken um, at the oh, Empire right. Tavern, probably early 80s, I would say, David. Right. Uh, you and Otis Mace, Guitar Otis Ace. Mace.
2: Yeah, yeah. the Empire. Yeah, great venue back in the day, yes, yeah, uh, 1980s, uh, performing on the keyboards there, and Otis is playing his guitar, and uh, I guess we were... Doing a tour, um, as we did a lot of in those days, uh, touring around New Zealand, performing. I brought that in because, you know, part of what we're doing
1: here is celebrating uh, a a new release, a book of yours, which does uh take in work from you know across the decades as it were. So and when you look at a photo of yourself from the from the the mid eighties, early eighties, what are you thinking? Who who was David Eagleton then?
2: Um well it's a, a period artifact, isn't it really now, this this type of imagery. But I mean essentially I'm the same poet. Um I'm just kept on going and all these years later here I am. Um, with the uh, laureateship, um, which I hold until uh, the end of 2022. Um, but I've always written about um, where I am, which is basically living in New Zealand growing up here, and uh, telling um, the story of ourselves. I like to think of it as a kind of a shared um, a process poetry for me is all about communication it's it's not really about confessional um uh, emotional um, personal um tribulations and traumas and that so much as it is about um us as a society and as a nation and our collective wisdom or foolishness however it may go yeah We'll talk about um, the the book in in a moment,
1: but let's focus perhaps on the first event that you're involved in for Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival 2021, and that's uh, in Toichihotaku Settlers Museum. What does the future hold? It's the Gala Showcase. What a big question. And it brings you together with uh, a number of others Gillian Sullivan, Becky Manawatu, Nalingi
2: Singh, Derek Morrison. what are you hoping to come out of that? Uh, I think we are all kind of bring our own uh, um, uh, vision of the future. We're, we're all kind of uh, inspired to uh, think about what my, we're like futurologists or futurists, I suppose, um, guessing in our crystal ball that we each get crystal ball gazing kind of way. Um, so I'm just going to be talking about my vision of the future and and hopefully uh, it'll resonate with uh, the audience. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a, a a shared experience i'm not quite sure how it's going to go actually i'm wait and see yeah on that one yeah interesting time for you to be considering the future
1: when you know you've put this collection the wilder years together which uh, which you know looks to the past as as well so let's talk a little bit more about that because on saturday the 8th of may at the dunedin public art gallery um selected poems from the wilder years and you'll be in discussion with fellow poet um, Victor Billow on that day Yeah,
2: Victor's talking to me about the book and um, Victor says he's been a big fan of mine and um, I really enjoy his poetry so uh, we, we, we sort of hit it off there and he also is uh, currently the uh, Demi Semi <laughs> Poet Laureate of New Zealand uh, writing political satires for uh, for our website so um, uh, we're, we'll sort of um, compare notes and go back over perhaps our um, shared histories back to the 1990s where I first actually met Victor uh, at um, Otago University when I was the Burns Fellow. He came and interviewed me for Critic, and um, that interview was quite memorable. He was talking about cyberpunk and what what the future held back then. So we're kind of here we are, like 30 years later. Um, so my book is really um, a, a kind of panorama of uh, New Zealand society over the past 40 years. So, so it covers sort of um, starts with around this time kind of the Springbok tour, 19, early 1980s, um, David Longy years at Roger Nomics, um, and just kind of the personal impact. Of those events on me and my family, and um, and then just on friends and, and neighbours, and kind of yeah, I just kind of trying to paint a picture. Really, I'm sort of thinking of myself as an artist in that way. Yeah. Never a shortage of, of things for you to write about.
1: Absolutely. Uh, um, has your focus primarily been on on your experience of of living in this country? Do you do you cast your your
2: vision wider? I think uh, it really started because of the fact that um, we came here when I was a kid um, from the Pacific Islands, and uh, it was a matter of integrating and assimilating into New Zealand society at that time, um, and we were encouraged to fit in. So I used to think about what it meant to be a New Zealander quite as a a child and and, and kind of stayed with me, and ever since I've been exploring permutations and variations on that theme of uh, what does it mean to live in the South Pacific, where are we now, where is Aotearoa now, this hwaka down here in uh, uh, Moana Nui. uh, Kiwa sort of um, carrying on uh, into the 21st century so yeah um, uh, I mean I had no idea I was going to end up with this um, prominent position as um, advocate for poetry in New Zealand on behalf of all the other poets and trying to make poetry as accessible as possible and as relevant as possible to to people Um, but here I am so yeah Always um,
1: interesting to me that um, your writing is this wonderful combination of uh, I, I, I don't think "no" of anger is the right word, but well, I'll use it. Anger and humour sort of merged together in a funny way. Is there sort of a power in anger that um, that can drive um, your writing?
2: I, I think of it more as uh, as a kind of a mixture of emotions. I mean, there's a lot of humour in there. There's a lot of uh um, anxiety and um, generally just tapping into like a great braided river of, of emotion that runs through this this country, and uh, from from uh, you know our, our anxiety about the topography and the climate and uh, the, the the possible possibility of the sort of shaky islands and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then our place in the world. Um, and now it's, it seems like all eyes are on New Zealand. We're sort of leading the way in terms of our COVID 19 response and things like that. So um, New Zealand's a great place to be. It's a very dynamic nation in all kinds of ways. And I'm, I'm very proud and glad to be part of it uh, at this particular point and be able to articulate my feelings about it. I mean, it's, for me, it really starts in literature. I've always been interested in reading books and then um, reading poets, Hone um, Tufari and um, um, you know Dylan Thomas, and uh, when I was younger, and uh, I've just kind of kept going with it. James K Baxter, they've all been inspirational figures for me, and so I've just wanted to join in the conversation of of, of being a writer and and um, an inhabitant of these islands, this archipelago here in the South Pacific. It can be no easy thing to look back on all the
1: work and go, well, "What do I put in this book?" Uh, Absolutely, that's the question. What? Yeah,
2: um, I've ended up with this massive tome. Really, um, it looks like it's sort of a holy bible in a way. Um, sort of a gilt edge. Uh, um, Yellow, um, gold, kofi kind of thing, uh, which is the covers by Nigel Brown. It's a great actual volume, well designed um, by Fiona Moffat at Otago University Press. But um, in the end they said please no more poems oh, we've got enough <laughs> you've given us too many poems so it, 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 was, it was a bit tricky trying to work out what to leave out and in the end um, I've actually tended to weigh the book more towards more recent poems um, so there's only a handful of my early, earliest work and earliest poems, examples of what I used to do when I was starting out Got a, 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 an opportunity
1: to take a couple of poems from you this morning, so maybe this is a good point Uh, at which to do that. Um, Tell us about this one.
2: Well, this is a poem that's in the book. It's uh, called Poem for Ben Brown. I wrote it fairly recently uh, in response to a Facebook challenge by the Christchurch poet Ben Brown, who is a similar vintage to myself and been through similar sorts of experiences. He said, I write five poems in five days. I I wrote a few poems, and I sort of started thinking, oh, I'm going to throw this back at him. So I came up with this called... Poem for Ben Brown, uh, and really it is uh, an appropriate uh, poem to read because sort of, it it kind of take, suggests something of the panorama of the book. Poem for Ben Brown. Hey Ben, no matter how you jive, you'll never get out of this poem alive. Like Diamond Lil and Darcy Creswell, Carmen Rupe, Uncle Scrim and the Rawleys Man. Have you heard of him? You'll never get out of this poem alive. You push the pedals, I'll steer. We'll both drive, but you'll never get out of this poem alive. Like Amy Box, Petticoat, Pioneers, Godfrey Bowens, Click Go the Shears, Dame Nio Marshes, Murdering Musterers, like Kenan Bob Lowe and Tommy Boy Adderley, Monty Holcroft and Minnie Dean, you'll never get out of this poem alive. You can hula hoop all the way to the top of the beehive, but you'll never get out of this poem alive. Like Ron Jorgensen's Disappearance, Mr Asia's debt clearance, Phil Warren's firebombed nightclub entrance, you'll never get out of this poem alive, never get out, never get out, no matter how much you jump and shout, them's the breaks, them's ain't fakes, them's knowing what it takes, like a roll call of lucky beasts, or New Zealand's surfing greats, WB Such, Mickey Savage, Prince Tui Lofty Blomfield, John A. Lee, or J.K.B. I speak on behalf of the nation, to, so please refrain from expectoration. You'll never get out of this poem alive. Bruno Lawrence, Raywee Alley, Hector Belitho and my Aunt Sully, Selwyn too Good, Mac Harawinney, Possum Bourne and Chu Chong. They never got out of this poem alive. Like Mother Mary O'Bear, the man alone... The woman at the store, Miss Eileen Duggins, Wested Plain, Charles Kingsford Smith's Balsa Triplane, never get out, never get out, Bruce Mason's Fruity Tones, Patricia Bartlett's Groans, Lou Prime didn't make old bones. The surrealistic pillow of Philip Claremont, the dairy me of Beatrice Tinsley, the what's-all-this-then of Truby King, the never-mind-all-that of Sir Wally Nash, Let's agree, to a degree, you'll never get out, never get out, never get out of this poem alive. A lot of history in
1: that poem. Um, David, also, uh, you can't read a poem now of yours without hearing the way you deliver it, um, and and that's clearly of importance to you, and you've often associated performance with, with music, you've been touring with Richard Wallace and doing things like that recently, yeah. uh, you had the association with Otis Mace as well yeah. uh,
2: why that way? Um, oh, uh, it's, it's poetry is very much about sound of words um, I mean W.H. Auden, those kinds of guys um, back, Dylan Thomas they, they always favoured the, the sound of the word over the sense and uh, kind of uh, that's what poetry is, it's almost a shamanistic um, activity which kind of turns language into like spells and it's a form of magic, incantation I've always enjoyed that and then putting it with music, well obviously Bob Dylan and um, and and, um, uh, the 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 Johnny Rotten and uh, um, the John Cooper Clark and uh, Attila the Stockbroker, Benjamin Zephaniah, uh, the list goes on. And in New Zealand, of course, Sam Hunt, Gary McCormick um, back in the 70s, um, and then myself and um, other parts, including Ben Brown, is a great performance part. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's just um, a, a way <laughs> of of communicating and using language and using using music to get, to kind of um, fill it out and and, and, and give it more uh, you know resonance and and, and kind of um, allusions to um, other other um, art forms um, around, around coming out of rock music, but also um, just uh, theatre and dance and things like that. Uh, music sort of takes you so many different places, and, and the words uh, go along with that. So the celebration of the
1: re- release of the Wilder Year, Selected Poems, uh, Saturday the 8th of May at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. That is a free event, and that will be followed by the official launch of the book. And so we move on to Sunday, the 9th of May, as far as the Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival is concerned. And this is another interesting session, I'm sure. The politics of poetry. Uh, and you're joined by Jessica Thompson Carr and Fiona Farrell. Uh, and in a discussion chaired by Emma Neal. Well, Politics of Politics has always been at the heart of what you write, surely.
2: Uh, yes, and also, of course, Emma Neill is the editor of uh, Manifesto, a um, hundred or odd poems about. Um, political events in New Zealand, which came out from Otago University Press a couple of years ago, which he edited along with Philip temple um, and both of those people are very vitally concerned with politics uh, as indeed I have been um, so my take on it is to is, is, is like Victor uh, billows um, satirical um, and kind of just commenting from more of the point of view of the person on the on the uh, omnibus um, you know going out to Normanby or wherever um, and just kind of giving my viewpoint um, about about things. Um, um, a, a, as as they as they are in our society, so yeah. I mean uh, uh, well, that that tradition um, is very very powerful and strong in New Zealand. R.E.K. Mason and J. K. Baxter and so forth. So um, I think in this session we'll be talking about different aspects of politics today: the cancel culture, um, the Me Too movement, um, protest poetry in the wake of um, globalisation and the neoliberal. Uh, um, events that have taken place over the past 20 years um, you know, the uh, Occupy Me movement in the United States and uh, Black Lives Matter there's a lot to talk about in terms of politics and our own relationship to that in New Zealand which we've always been um, a nation which has gone out and protested and we know that we can make a difference when we, when we march in the streets because uh, we're such a small nation and we've seen this effect in the 1981 tour um, uh, Bastion Point other places where, which uh, are, are, very, are seared on the memory of the national consciousness as it were So, what is your hope for the reader or the listener uh, in terms
1: of uh, the the political content to your writing? You know, there's almost a sense when you're listening because it's delivered in such a clever way. You want to kind of punch the air and say, "Oh, that's really familiar to me." Yes, he's right there. Is that what the kind of response that you want?
2: Um, Well, that's an interesting question. Actually, it's got many levels to it. I was just thinking about. Alexei Navalny in, uh, in and and the Russian, how he's he's banged up in jail, and they have a protest movement which is struggling to make a point. We we have the advantage in this country of being able to articulate exactly how we feel about things, um, and we, we do have forms of censorship, but they're sort of fairly moderate, and you can you can get a, you can you can sort of bend that to your will. And I mean, I have I enjoy the um um the opportunity to write about basically anything in any way I like, um, and, and so uh, my poems. Are always kind of very much to the moment, um, and you know whatever whatever's going on, I'll I'll kind of respond to that. And sometimes the poems work as poems, and sometimes they just first drafts which don't get any further. Um, yeah, are we ever likely to hear you
1: write about a host of golden daffodils?
2: Um, well, I, I have written about you know Wordsworthian and, and uh, romantic subjects like that, um, that um, but usually it's in the context of some other something else. Um, um, I mean, I could finish with a poem if you like, um, which kind of is one that I've written very recently, which too recently to go in the book, but it is it does sort of. Um, bring to mind um, the political situation which we are in 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 early 2021. Um, And it's actually about autumn and it's called Autumn Almanac, and I kind of wrote this on uh, St. Patrick's Day. I was in the Octagon uh, having a Guinness on uh, St. Patrick's Day this year, just a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, there's the America's Cup going on, and there was all this celebration going on, students wandering around dressed in green, um, and it got me thinking about um, how can I turn all this into a poem. The poem I came up with is called Autumn Almanac. March begins, and this is, this isn't Flint, Michigan, this is Waikawaiti, so why the toxic tap flow, chemical warfare creeping through a waterhole, self of farmers in a town called Malice, and all the screens, handheld to make you jealous, way out here on the borders of disorder, things that you look at get smaller and smaller, the price of a house measured in skyrockets, pieces of string in very deep pockets, anonymous veto, Not-for-profit's got to go. Marginal is as marginal does at zero times zero. Pete Dutton takes out the trash for compaction, with all the compassion of a bog of liquefaction. In his Jurassic Park mind, he's top dinosaur, as psychopathic as Mohammed bin Bonesaw. Hydrofoils, peppermill and salt grinder, America's cup yachts, flying a blinder. Luna Ross a sinking Prada handbag. You are the Alpha and the Oprah agog. Check the righteous princess, the Windsor frog. Lord knows we will never be royals on TV, but at least we got water trucks in Waikawaiti Quakes made the ocean bounce, quakes made the ocean dance like Beyonce's booty bounce over from the Kermadex Everyone hit the decks like nervous wrecks, but it all fell flatter than a souffle. And Queenstown's a limbo dancer In limbo, go low, go lower Get your lawyer on the blower The bang on a can, brigade Leave the smelter Carrying all the aluminium they will ever need For tinfoil hats and the dross of anti-5G Destiny and Tamaki are revving up a Harley Oozing oily unction, greasy hair and skin What he quotes is not quite from the Bible And what he preaches is almost libel. So many contradictory narratives Anti-vaxxers Swear each is an eyewitness They don't believe in an interventionist jab Or in Cinder Ardern's gift of the gab But have faith in swarms of microaggressions By Mike Hosking and his minute-long sessions More outlandish the better they like them There's Cruella Collins and her 101 damnations Devilish thoughts of COVID-weakened nations Climbing to the top of decline and fall You will know them by their trail of the dead Autism, colonialism, evangelism, behaviorism are shades of the doxology economy. Feel the hot breeze of aggressive reason, anarchist or rationalist for the Hollywood lols of Bezos, Zuckerbug, and Sorry, Bezos, Zuckerberg, and the Deadly Hallows, locked out, locked in, locked up, locked down. When can everyone go mask-free, town to town? When can the cray-cray king get a new crown? There's the horoscope, the personality quiz, the credit rating, and the clickbaiting. But I got a gut feeling everyone's waiting.
1: David Eagleton joining us here on the awesome morning show for our Focus on Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival. Uh, David's involved, as we've heard, in uh, three events, including, of course, the release of the wonderful new book, The Wilder Year's Selected Poems. Uh, kia ora. Thanks so much for joining us, David. Thank you.
0: The Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival is on soon, from May 6th to 9th. The programme is full of Aotearoa's best and brightest writers, with workshops, readings, discussions and lots of great books to discover and read. Sessions with Vincent O'Sullivan, Witi Ehimaira, Nalini Singh, David Eggleton, Elizabeth Knox and more. And don't miss the Storytime Double Decker bus trip for the wee ones. Tickets and info from dunedinwritersfestival.co.nz Don't wait. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand
2: On Air.